Hey, hey, this is episode 17 of Trost Talk. I am joined by an old neighbor and friend, Garrett Van Rokel. I brought him on to talk hunting with me after uh, recently I've been getting the itch and uh, I've had a huge man crush on Steve Ranella start to develop. So I brought him on to talk to me about hunting and kind of give me an idea of what I might be getting into. Um, how you been, dude? I, haven't, I know I haven't spoken to you forever. Good man. I mean, just living the working life now, you know. Yeah. Just don't worry, I'm, I'm still still doing that too. Uh, how you like in Arizona? You've been out there now for a while. Yeah, since college now, so I'm eight years in now, but I love it. I mean, it's hot, like everybody says, but you know, our summers and no everybody else's winters, you know. Yeah, that's what I was to say. I bet the winters are not that bad there, though. No, like right now it's 70 degrees. Yeah, that's you know? that's money. That's kind of how it was in Florida. Um, although yeah. I will say is Florida had one month out of the year where it actually kind of did get a little cold, but like. Yeah, we'll get that. But I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's I compare it to Rockland, just 10 degrees hotter. You know? Okay. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say is like uh, in Florida, it's like, you know how those like winters, quote unquote in Sacramento how it gets like 40s it's like 40 yeah, maybe 30 at night. Yeah, yeah yeah it gets that way for like literally one month out of the year in Florida where it's like in Tampa it gets to like 35 40 degrees but yeah. when you're used to 70 degree weather all year that's fucking freezing Dude, <laughs> so it's, 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 awful. it's like holy shit. yeah I remember the first year I moved to Florida I the first winter, like I never, I never put on a long sleeve or a sweatshirt or anything. And then the second year, my blood thinned out, man, it was below 65. I was bundled up, never yeah. changed, never changed. Yeah. Um, so you think you're ever, ever going to move from Arizona or you think you're, you're there for the long haul? I'm here for a good minute for right now. I mean, I at least know I'm not going to go back to California. Uh, that's know? for, that's for fucking sure. My uh, parents are looking to leave. Too. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're on a, a three-year people plan. are leaving. Yeah. Know? Yeah, your mom's got to get out of there, too, now, because she's stuck there, sounds like. Yeah, but she still loves Rockland, so I don't think she's going anywhere. She loves the little Rockland small town. And my grandma's still there, so she's there for, you know. For, for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, my mom and dad are the kind of same way, especially because my dad's in a my dad's an attorney so he's like kind of stuck to the bar being in california yeah. um but he's like kind of considering taking it elsewhere in another state and trying to do yeah. it there because it's just i mean you it's see mess, yeah. yeah it's just a fucking mess um but anyways so thanks for coming on i know you're kind of you got work but we'll keep it pretty short it keeps like an hour um but main reason i wanted to have you on was talk hunting um big reason i kind of got into it within the last brief very brief like last four or five months uh steve ranella kind of like oh yeah meat eater and all yeah that yeah stuff. yeah i was on netflix and i was like i don't know I, I honestly didn't know what the show would be about i thought it was gonna be like some anti-vegan show so i was all all in <laughs> just like yeah, right off the jump <laughs> yeah. yeah i was all all right i'm in on this um and then what kind of really took me my breath away though was the scenery more of like where he was going and like the type of hunting he's doing um but yeah. hunting in general just being out in the woods i was like holy shit man like i did, i guess i never really thought about it until somebody videotaped it and put it on a tv show but like i never really thought about being that immersed in nature when you are out there hunting 
yeah. when did you kind of get like started into it? Uh, I mean, just really in the past couple years. I mean, growing up, my dad hunted elk and you know birds every year, but I was you know and was always trying to drag me along and take me fishing. Mm -hmm. I would go fishing, but I was I was always too I don't know. I wasn't patient enough, so I would yeah. just get bored, and I never wanted to go. And then college came, and I finished after getting like I don't know, maybe senior year of college, I started getting into it. And mm -hmm. I mean, now I'm going every you know at least during season, I'm there every weekend. So I mean, what um, is it a little different in Arizona? Like, are is there a lot more public lands, or is it like Texas where everybody kind of has? private land and you kind of got to go uh, there. No, Arizona is a lot of, a lot of public land. And I mean, I don't, I mean, that's the only uh, hunting I do. I mean, we do a little bit of private land duck hunting, but for the most part, everywhere you go is going to be, you know, public land. It, you're so a big duck hunter, good. right? Uh, yeah. Duck hunting. I really just got into last year, but uh, my, my good buddy, Matt took me along and he kind of showed me the ropes and He's got the whole setup with the dog and oh know. oh really yeah so all, you know we ha I have a pretty good gun with him but we go I think last year I went almost thirty five or forty days I think in, in the like season. oh oh I thought you meant like in one sitting I was like holy shit what a fucking hunting event no 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 forty five days of hunting so it was in, during the open season, season opens in October and then ends in. Um, end of january so i mean you kind of have a while but yeah every weekend we we're going but so now for duck fun. hunting is it like do you have to uh do you have to, i imagine you gotta take down a lot of them because they're not very big like i can't imagine one duck's gonna fill you up sort of thing or am i no yeah totally... i mean uh no so your limit on duck in arizona and it varies by state and by species uh but your limit's seven a day so and that's pretty you know mixed bag yeah but there's certain ducks that you can only shoot you know one of a day or you know geese are in arizona or four for a day but you know each year it could vary and change depending on you know like migrations and mm -hmm. hatches because they record all that and you know so how does that work because you said there are certain types of duck but i feel like when you're duck hunting you're kind of you don't have really like a lot of time to like sit there and look over the duck so yeah, I imagine you know, there's a lot of accidental shootings, right? Yeah, I mean, and that's what that was my biggest shot getting into it was, you know, that. I mean, there's 41 different species of right. duck and geese in the U.S. Yeah. So, you know, to your point, identifying it is a huge learning experience. And, you know, for me, I'm still figuring it out. But, you know, my buddy Matt, he can sit there and pick them out of the sky and be like, oh, you know, this is a mallard. And this is a teal, you know, all these different kinds of ducks you can and flying in. Cause you know, we're not, sh you know, you're not really shooting them off the water. So you don't really have time to right. know, sit there and just kind of look, you know, they're flying in. Yeah. That would be my big worry because it's not like, uh, I mean, just from what I know from watching like uh, the meat eater show is they do so much surveying, like of all the big game that they're going after and so I'm yeah. like, okay, that makes sense. Like, for instance, uh, one of them, he was going doll sheep hunting. And yeah. he was like, you really have to, they're very, very specific on what type you can bring down. And so they had to make sure that these doll sheep were within the limits of what they could shoot. So uh, like certain age and certain Right, it had to have certain rings. And, yeah. yeah, and so for me, I'm like, okay, 
I understand how they can do that because they're 200 yards or 2,000 yards away. They probably spot right. them and they can count. But with ducks, I'm like, I feel like if you're shooting a duck, it's because they're taking off and like you're just at that point, you're just firing. And so yeah. I can't imagine how, I imagine that process is a little, I don't know, like I, you have to get in the right areas, I feel like, and know what yeah, ducks so, are in those areas. Yeah. So in Arizona, I mean, it's a desert. So you're kind of, I mean, not kind of, you're extremely limited on water, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's a few rivers, there's a few big lakes that you could go hunt on, but we don't have a boat. So we're not going to be on the big lakes. We're kind of mm -hmm. limited to, to rivers or like private land <clears throat> on like farmers fields. When they flood those fields, it'll, the birds would flock to it because it's food, you know, yeah, they yeah, yeah. they're whatever they're growing and then flood it to, to replant then they'll flock but i mean other than that you're limited to rivers and ponds and and we'll set up decoys so you you know decoy birds, oh, big birds. Yeah. yeah and you don't really have to call i mean you i'm not good at calling so i don't do it but my buddy matt will call um give me but, give me a, a good little call right now what do you got no, what do you have in your tank what do you have it's in, in all my stuff's in my car right now all my oh so my you know you have it you have a duck collar then yeah, 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 it's like a little. You still got to put a little, uh, a little uh, stuff into it, though, don't you? Like, don't you have to actually still like kind of make the noise with it? Like, it doesn't do it on your its own if you just blow into it. Uh, no, like the ma the mallard call, there, there, there's a reed in there, so that kind of like a that'll make the sound for you. But it's all in your breath, and I don't know. It's so hard, and there's competitions and all that crazy stuff on who's the best duck caller. You know, I'm no. It's a, it's you hard. stay out of that competition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet no. you're like, you're probably like me, dude. I'd probably, I get super self-conscious. Like I would want everybody's earplugs in, but like, you just don't, don't listen to this as I try and <laughs> go. Oh, yeah. and well, it. You'll, you'll hear those people. Cause you know, in Arizona is with such limited water, you know, you're hunting, you know, you could be hunting the same river as somebody else. So you hear them, you know, you're not in the same yeah. area or shooting at the same birds, but you hear them and you'll hear them hitting their call and or us and you know my buddy Matt will be like oh that sounds like shit or you know like oh that's good <laughs> I like all, all that shit talking uh, yeah it's all fun and games are you guys uh do you go with like a big group of people or I feel like because hunting you kind of want to have like a good size but then also you don't want too many people because you don't want you know ruining yeah there's there. a few of us but I mean you know especially in Arizona and being on public land I mean it I'm sure you've kind of seen in some of the, those meat eater episodes, if you watch enough, you know, hunting public land is harder because then you're, it's a competition competing mm -hmm. with other people, you know? And so it's like, you got to limit who your group is. Cause then, you know, you don't go with one person, then you show up with another person to that same spot. And next thing you know, they brought somebody else and they brought somebody, you know, and there's, yeah. Do you have to worry about like, do you have to worry about like the scent and stuff like that with uh, ducks or is it pretty much just like deer? You gotta do yeah, that ducks, way. no, because ducks are flying in. So they're, they're watching the decoys. And so I just got to stay out of the, the picture basically, you know, and for the most part, they're all movement driven. So I just got to stay oh, okay. still. So that until... was going to be my, that was going to be my question is because is because deer are the same way too aren't they movement and then they rely heavily on their scent right yeah they're smell. like pattern breakup yeah. deer and elk are like pattern breakup so that's why um 
you know, it's a lot of movement, you know, so you're wearing a black shirt against uh, trees in your background and shit, you know, they see a big, they see that big blob moving. If you're dead yeah. still, they may or may not see you, you know. Now, is it true that they're colorblind and that's why you can wear orange? Yeah, so I mean, that's, that's the theory behind it is they see it as, you know, gray or whatever you yeah. want to call it and you know for us it pops out so okay yeah i was gonna say public land just so you know you don't have you don't get hit. Yeah. You. Yeah, yeah that's what i was gonna say is was that ever proven or is that just like an old wise tale that oh that's why we can wear orange because they're just they're colorblind i'm pretty sure it's been proven but i not i don't know i i'm asking you so i was i, mean, I have that's no what idea. i've always heard i mean that's what i've always heard and i'm just taking it and saying you know okay. i mean I imagine or else i feel like orange sticks out so much i feel like you would be yeah. spotted from miles yeah. coming in on yeah yeah, yeah you can yeah and like when i was just so in arizona you don't have to wear orange which is kind of funny because most states you do um like in colorado when i was just out there deer hunting a couple or in october mm -hmm. or beginning of this month um you got to wear orange and you got to wear a certain like number of square inches of it and between your your vest yeah, yeah. and your hat you have to wear a hat and oh your uh, hat has to be orange too that makes sense yeah, so your hat and then your vest or shirt or whatever how many I think uh, it's like 500 square inches or something or three i don't know it varies by state interesting i mean i i mean i totally get it obviously because i've heard when say enacted the um like the orange rule that accidental hunting deaths went plummeting <laughs> like there was yeah, and, then, and they say that like when colorado and super popular hunting areas that are public land they'll call it you know they'll be like oh that mountain's called the pumpkin patch or something because just you look on the mountain from the from the bottom and all you see is orange dots every you know <laughs> people just competing for deer <laughs> um so when you were last in um in colorado did you get anything or did you uh, uh yeah we shot snubbed? a doe we shot a doe so a female deer but it was typical 2020 year, um, you know, with the fires being so bad this year. Yeah. They had, the, I think it was called the Cameron fire or something. I don't know. I forget what it was called, but the biggest fire in Colorado history. And it, it wiped out like 60% of our hunting area. And the tag we had is like a three unit tag. So it's like three, you know, geographical units. Mm -hmm. And, um, Two of the units were closed completely. The whole national forest was closed because of the fires. They were still burning or, you know, it was all smoldered, you know, Colorado yeah. mountains. And, they, you know, they didn't want anybody up there. So everybody. Yeah, a lot of landslides. Yeah. Yeah. And landslides. Exactly. Um, and so, I mean, we were fine because we were, we were still able to hunt, but then every single where, every place you'd go, there was just you know, everybody it was everybody's there powdered, because yeah. they're all condensed from three places to one you know yeah. Yeah. and so being with my dad and my uncle you know they got my dad or my uncle's got bad knees and so we were kind of limited to staying close to the truck yeah um but you know then then you're in with everybody you got to get you know the it's deeper you get further away you, you get from it's people gonna, it's gotta suck as a young man like trying to go out hunting and you're with somebody with bad knees <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, how many more times? Well, you know, I don't know how many more years my dad's going to want to hunt or, yeah. you know, till the, till he's like, yeah, my knees or this or that, or, 
you know yeah. so it's, it's fun i gotta get out there with him and it's you know soak it up while you can yeah, yeah. That's what, that's my dad's big, his big claim. He's been claiming this for, so when I first got hunting in my brain was my dad, uh, God, I want to say now 10 years ago, um, had a client who had a shit ton of private land and it was just overrun with uh boar. And so he was like, yeah, you know, and it's like everything you hear in Texas where people are like in Texas, like they'll pay people to come and hunt boar on their, yeah. their, yeah. their property. Yeah. And so he said the same thing. He's like, when his client was like, yeah, you just, whenever you want, come up, please like come hunt all these boar. And, uh, oh, actually, no, I'm, it was my dad's brother's friend. Uh, I think my dad just helped him with something. And so it was like my dad's, my uncle's friend had the shit ton of land. And that was like when my dad started, like, I think I'm going to get my hunter's safety's life since he got a rifle. He's never used it. He's never been (laughs) (laughs) never. He's never done anything about it. And he's just like, I'm going to get my hunter's safety's license. And he goes out and gets like a really nice Springfield, uh, rifle and like, nice. It was, it's really nice. Heavy ass motherfucking gun too. But, um, he, uh, never, he's never used it. It's just collecting dust. And I'm like, but that was like 10 years ago when I was like started getting hunting in the, the head. And then I just never really thought about it. And then, yeah. And then I moved to a red state where guns are like, I started becoming immersed in guns and then kind of like one thing's led to the another. And I was like, you know, this is actually, I think I could get it. I, although I will say, I think because I'm, I would be getting into hunting older. I think I would be way more cynical about like hunting. I feel in, this is my personal opinion, but I feel like I probably wouldn't have a lot of remorse when I kill the animal just because I'm not trying to sound like sadistic, but like I'm not 13. So I wouldn't, I feel like I, you know, you hear yeah. everybody's like first hunting yeah, stories. Like, it as a pet. Yeah, exactly. I'm like a 13, 14 year old kid shooting and killing a deer. Totally get why they're going to cry. I, right. I, I probably would too, but I feel like being 28, and my first hunt, I probably wouldn't feel much. Fired up, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't do any of that crying, or um, I would be just more excited that I got food on the table. Um, yeah. So that that's my take on that. But um, yeah, no, I would love to do boar hunting. That's kind of like how I originally started. Is like ah, uh, I could never kill anything other than a boar. And then I started watching. That's always one of you know I got to do that at some point, and I. I can't tell you how many dudes I follow from Texas that just do it. And they, yeah. You know, and they're hunting yeah. these massive ranches and, you know, I've seen guys, these group of guys that, you know, they use night vision and thermals and all that kind of stuff. And they're stacking 50 pigs in a night. I'm like, oh, they have. So I just read in Texas because I was, I'm, so I'm moving there. That's why yeah. uh, I'm, I'm moving there in like two months. And um, I was looking up the regulations. Pigs are so hated in texas that there were you do not need a hunter's license to hunt on private land and i was like you could literally just go buy yeah get the landowner to say okay and have a rifle that's literally all you need and i I was kind of blown away by that i was like man that that's how you know you got a fucking problem when they're like dude you don't need just get a gun go find some private land and it's all yours and i have the crazy thing too is it's private land and you know that's the crazy part about texas then you got the high fence you know ranches and you can do whatever you want because it's private land and that's why you got all these guys hunting at you know 
They night start vision. when it's dark and they hunt till the morning with night vision and, thir- you know, that's so illegal in every other state that you're in, you know, not on private land. Yeah, I was going to say, so why is it that they, because you would know, um, why is it that they like put in like a time limit on it? Because I, I, for me personally, just like my logic is like, okay, it's season is October to January it should just be 24 hours, I feel like. But like, so is there, what's their reasoning behind not allowing you to hunt at night? Because I've heard it's always like, as soon as the sun goes down, your night's over. Well, I mean, just for safety. I mean, just so you're not shooting at other people. I mean, you can't be hunting with night vision or thermals or any of that. And just for, I mean, like we were talking identification purposes of what it is, you know, especially birds, you, you have zero chance of identifying them in the dark. Yeah, that's true. And then, you know, and then, you know, deer and elk, you got to unless you got like identify thermal, the yeah. sex and how big it is. And, you know, yeah, that makes sense. That makes, I guess that was a very easy question to answer. I didn't think about it that simply. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just safety. I mean, it's yeah. Cause I was seeing those pictures, like you said, um, like another big one that I was really interested in hunting is coyotes. Um, I'm a very, as you can tell, I'm a very big, uh, like, vermin problem is that's yeah. where i'm that's where i want to come in yeah <laughs> no, and that's, that's like arizona you know that's kind of they don't have a problem with coyotes but they used to have like a 20 dollar bounty on coyotes if you shoot one you could you know i don't know how you would report it i think you would bring them Jesus. you know kill or something and the government would give you 20 bucks or something yeah but yeah you, know, you just have to have your hunting license and then no permit or anything, no tag to shoot a coyote here. It's just you know, now it, on private land. Is it uh, does the season still apply on private land, or is it because it's private land? Yeah. So depending on the state and depending on like how big of land you have, um, you you know if you have a large enough piece of property, you will get like allotted amount of a certain amount of tags per species or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like over a hundred acres or something. I don't know it's something it's a big piece of land but um if if you're under that amount of acreage you would still you would just apply for a tag within that unit of like whatever big game so if you're deer elk um or whatever and then you would be allowed to hunt your you know in your backyard in a sense nobody else in your backyard but that's part of the unit you know so there's other hunters but you know and you know they say that you know, especially once hunting season opens, you know, you're pushing all the public land hunters are pushing animals out of those areas, you know, so. Yeah, trying to escape people. Perception, you know, you have a better chance of having a bigger, better, and more animals on private land because nobody's hunting it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes, that makes a lot of sense, especially like what you said too, I thought was a big driving factor was uh, the more people out there, uh, that they're going to be driving people out. It's like people, it's like people developing on undeveloped land. They're going to, they're going to probably see a lot of animals in their first couple of years and then they'll push them out. Yeah. And then they're just slowly get moved out because they don't like, I mean, they don't want to be around us. And And they probably smell us coming from miles away too. Yeah. They can smell you from, you know, their sense way more than, you know, ours. So, I mean, they smell us and we smell like shit to them. They're like, get me the hell away. (laughs) Um, I guess so when it does catch wind of you say when you're out deer hunting they catch wind of you is, do you, is that just like kind of SOL that deer has gone for the day or is there like a way you can kind of re-get back on them and track them again 
I mean, unless you're, like, you know, you can watch it, it yeah. run for however far it runs, and it could run a hundred yards, it could run a couple miles. You know, you never know. Yeah. Um, and it also depends on the animal. You know, some, you know, like elk are a lot more spooky than deer. You know, some deer, are, like the deer I shot this year, was pretty damn dumb. It was looking at me. <laughs> it was looking at me dead on for. I don't know, 30 seconds, and I was just turn. Yeah. And it wasn't, you know, I was, wasn't being dead still. I knew it was me, and then there's my dad, uncle, and cousin. Three people right behind you. Yeah, so, and so <laughs> then it turns finally and just gives me the perfect shot, and I shot it, but, you know, then later on in the afternoon, we see another deer, and we were looking the other way, and we spooked it out of its bed you know it was like laying under some like yeah, yeah. foot of snow so it was kind of just laying and hidden and then just boom that thing bolted probably a mile and was gone you know and just no shot yeah i've heard um, deer like elk the deer family other than probably moose just because they're so fucking big but i've heard those deer and elk are just like the most skittish animals in the yeah especially elk. elk will just run at anything elk hard because they live in the deepest darkest timber there is you know deer yeah. are kind of uh deer are considered browsers i guess you could call it you know they kind of just browse and then elk i believe are grazers hmm. you know there's a difference you know deer are kind of just wandering and what's the around. difference if elk or elk no you know like at least so the mule deer in colorado they're eating a lot of sage and yeah. they're just kind of meandering around browsing you know just kind of looking around where elk are grazing they're like solid eating you know they're there yeah. for a minute yeah yeah okay well, they're just huge. you know they're massive yeah yeah they're like what aren't they like 800 pounds yeah they can get up there they can get Jesus up there have that's what blows me away too is because they're so skittish and then you see these people who are bow hunters and they're getting like they got to get within I mean, I would imagine a super lethal is like anything under, if if you're really good, you're probably under 150 yards, but I would say most people are probably 100 yards away. Oh, with is a bow, fair? you're way closer than that. Really? With, okay. a bow, with a bow, you're in, I think, like I think most people would stay within 75 yards, yeah. Holy I shit. Mean, and, See, I didn't want to say 50 because I didn't want to be, I was like, nah, that's ridiculous. That's super close. But then, I was, so that's why I pushed it out further. But all right. No, so it's, it's crazy close, and those guys, bow hunting is the most insane, hardest, because you got to get, like you said, you're getting right in there, and how do you keep quiet and not be breaking branches and doing this and doing that, and, you know, granted, I mean, and that's where, like we were talking earlier, seasons come into play, because, like, deer and elk, um, you know, there's early and late, but, you know, the really good, most popular sought-after hunts are the rut hunts, and that's when they're, you know, trying to get all all their herd of cows. Fuck, yeah. yeah, and so they're all fighting, and, you know, they're screaming and yelling and just, you know, running and fighting, you know, so that's the only they're portion. They're a little distracted, yeah. Where, yeah, especially for elk, that's the only time of the year where they're vocal, the, the males. Yeah. The bulls. You know, and that's, I don't know if you've the big bugle, sure. yeah, the big scream and bugle, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's how they can get in close to him because you know, you'll he'll sit there and you know, yeah, they come running call. if you do a cow call, they'll they'll yeah. generally come running, exactly. yeah, they'll come running in, or you could do a bugle and they think that you know, 
There's another male bull in the area fighting for his bitches, you know, hell. Yeah. Come on in, you know, ready to go. <laughs> you know, that's your shot. Um, so when you are lining up, because I know it's, uh, from what I do know, I think I know, I should say, um, the place you're trying to shoot is the lungs and, uh, is, I wanted to say the heart, but I've heard that's actually. All their vitals. So their lungs, heart, liver, you know, I mean, not liver. So, you know, if you hit them in the lungs, heart, they're toast. Yeah. Um, you hit them further back, you're getting iffy because, you know, the, you hit one, I mean, it's most likely going to die if you hit it with a big enough caliber. And, yeah, and like a 308 or something. But the further back you get, the farther it's going to run, run, you know. Yeah, and yeah. It's just in a gut, if you gut shot it versus, you know, a lung shot, you know, that thing, you know, an elk run for miles and miles and miles and then they'll go bed down in timber or and you know somewhere die, where yeah. it's like holy and they'll just sit there yeah and then how do you track that after miles and miles but you hit it in you know the lungs and their vitals i mean even if it runs it'll at least be spraying blood and you can kind of track it you know yeah god yeah, that was um, awful like that was that was uh the gut shot thing was awful that was just my i was just thinking about like that poor animal because i remember like uh for meat eater, Steve Ranella did that. He nailed an elk. Yeah. <laughs> but in the stomach. And it um it ended up just taking off. And I just remember him, he was just so pissed. And he was like And that's where you'd feel so bad. You that's know, where I, he was saying he was like who you are, you would feel you'd be like I do man. agree with that. That would I'm kind of laughing because I sitting there and I'm like, I'm not sure because I know I can be an asshole at times and I'm pretty cynical. Um, but I still feel, I would when still you feel watch like, it. When you do it yourself, you know, if you yeah. watch it, you'd be like, you know, Oh shit, that sucks. Oh, well, but like, desensitized it, from it. The yeah. Of the game, you know, kind of, it's going to happen. I mean, there's no doubt. There's no way around that. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's, I, but, Steven Ellis started crying. So I was or not crying, but, but like he was getting close to it and I was like, all right, so I guess this is way more intense than I thought. And I mean, it makes sense. Like it's an animal out there. He's probably just going to die in like three hours and he's just going to be suffering for the whole time. So I get it. And like, not trying to everybody who's pretty listening. Like I'm not, I, I it'd be sad. I'm not, I'm not trying to say I'm yeah. celebrating it. Well, I'm just saying, dead. I don't know how I'd react, but yeah. so it's a whole different ball, you know? Yeah. You know, he's killed a shit ton of animals. He's killed a lot. And he's also got a weird deeper, spiritual connection i feel like with all the animals out there i mean that dude's literally that, the and timber. like the the eating behind it and you know like he always talks about you know like ancestral how they did it and yeah you know this that and other and i don't know he's cool he's and he eats he's crazy because he they he eats crazy parts of the animals that you know 95 percent of hunters don't do eat. not eat yeah like the you liver know. and i know he's a big heart fan because that's yeah liver yeah. heart See, I, that's why I was asking about the shooting because I was like, I know some people like to sh eat the heart and, uh, you know, so they try and aim for just the lungs, but yeah. sounds like you're not a big heart guy. I, I mean, both the deers I've shot in the past two years kind of turned a jelly on the inside of the, yeah. you know, the lungs and heart and stuff and liver. 
so they weren't edible but no people people love them and then you know people say they're some some of the best and i know like especially the liver you know some of the best for you at least yeah know? nutrients wise that's what i've heard I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie man so from watching meat eater the liver actually does not look that bad like it actually kind of looks if like you, if you get a clean you know heart and liver out it's supposed to be really good i mean especially yeah. heart heart is said to be some of the best if you do it right and just you know that's whatever that, that that's see right there the whole if you do it right that's what deters me from people who are trying to sell something when they're like yeah if you do it right i'm like yeah see it should just be good no matter what <laughs> i yeah. shouldn't have to worry about doing it right yeah it's just different for most people like that have never tried it you know now to me i hardly taste the difference between you know venison elk or beef or whatever but I'll be you honest. can definitely tell the difference and I like it, but, um, you know, most people, their first time they're, they're like, holy shit, because it's, you know, it's not raised in a pen and yeah. you know, it's, it's very lean meat compared to like cow or, you know, beef or pork. Yeah. It doesn't taste like anything you've had before, but it doesn't taste bad bad like it doesn't you know what i mean it's different. yeah yeah the first time i ever had i've never had like a full venison meal or anything but i've had yeah. like I, I had a buddy who um made venison uh, like slim jims like like pepperoni sticks yeah, almost meat sticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah meat sticks and he made one uh because from his deer and he gave it to us and it was it was really good i mean it wasn't I was like, I'm trying to like describe it for people who haven't had it, but it didn't taste like, so it's like when you've had alligator, people are like, oh, what does it taste like? And alligator truly does taste just like rubbery chicken. Yeah. It really does taste like rubbery chicken. It just, it feels like you're just, you can't get this chewy piece of chicken down, but like deer didn't, to me, didn't taste like chicken, but it also didn't taste like steak. And, um, it, it was just a different taste, but couldn't be for, I was going to say this retarded way, but I was going to say it couldn't be further from like the bad tasting spectrum. Like it's, it tastes really, really yeah. good. I really like yeah, it. Yeah, it's really good. And, and you know, another big guy that I follow, you, you can sh- give him a follow because he's a big bow hunter and he's, he's nuts. It's Cameron, Cameron. Haynes. I was about to say as a Cameron, I just started, I literally just started following him like two weeks ago. He, okay, you know, he's up guy, here in Oregon. That he's guy like, is yeah i dude his i swear to god he does a line of meth in the morning that man has more energy than i've ever seen it's insane he runs like a marathon a day you know for fun how he has time for anything else is beyond me because a marathon itself is hours out of the day and that's the you know and that's i respect him a lot because he's a huge bow hunter he's i'd say he's one of he's probably the biggest bow hunter out there in terms of fame right now yeah and he's you know he's still working full-time he's got his own company i think he owns like a contracting business or something yeah he's going full-time and then on top of you know running a marathon a day that's a couple hours at least you know at least it's at least and then shooting his bow and working out and doing all that you know the guy's nuts but you know before he probably gets to work he's got like a seven hour day already i feel like from practicing bow hunting to working out which is right there is probably an hour and a half and then he's running a marathon which is i would say probably venture to guess is probably around four hours because that's yeah. a long fu- that's 26 like that's a long fucking run so, yeah and that's you know that's easy for him you know you'll see him do you know those you know the actual 
not competitions, but the, you know, the actual race and it's, you know, two marathons or 50 miles or, you know, whatever. Yeah, he's an ultra marathon runner too, isn't he? Yeah. Like, Fuck it's that, like, dude. You're nuts. Fuck, I wouldn't even bike that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and he does it all it. in the sense of he want you know, he was just talking about it the other day on Instagram. He wants to be in his best peak performance and he believes he does, he, he owes that to the animals he's going to yeah. get. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I heard it's, that it's from. Cool, but it's nuts to think about what he can do just running and, you know, cardiovascular wise to then see him climb up a mountain, you know, a couple thousand feet, just easy. Yeah. Sure, he's just flying up and down the mountains. Yeah, I I was curious at like how much being in shape, because I, I mean, you see hunting all the time and it's like, there are people who like your uncle, bad knees, or there's people like who were bringing out their dads who were 65 and they're relatively fat and out of shape. So it's like, you don't have to be, you know, Cameron Haynes shape, but like, I imagine it helps being in shape at least somewhat. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, you know, once you get off the path, you know, it's a hell of a lot harder hiking up and down a mountain and through, you know, all the timber and, you know, you know, like, like with my uncle, you can do a lot of, what people call road hunting you know you kind of drive into different areas and then you'll find you know ridges you can sit on in glass and find mm-hmm. the animals you know and if you can move to a bunch of different spots where you know cam haynes is going in there and he's staying on you know and he'll go he'll hike before sun up you know five miles in you know three ridges over because they're not they know he he knows my ass isn't gonna be three ridges (laughs) yeah exactly yeah i wonder if that's got to make his odds better too you know being able to and he's just away from people you know so he can he can get into it you know they're not already skittish yeah you know see that's where i was wondering is like a guy like him if he's even able to like go hunting in the timbers because i've seen a lot of like from when i've seen the shows there's a lot of people they kind of like they get in those ridges for glassing like you said and then they kind of get down into some pockets but they're never really in the timber they're never really in like the 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 bushes and stuff like that i feel like he could be somebody who's like just running around out there like the last mohican and just taking, (laughs) taking elk out the guy's nuts man i don't know so, so you just got into bow hunting, haven't you? Didn't you just get uh, a bow no. like a year ago or something? No, I actually don't bow hunt. I can't because I, I, I broke my wrist in college. I ended up getting uh, three different surgeries, and so now it's fused. So I can't pull back well, on a bow. But How I'm much flexibility act- do you have in your wrist? There, and then that's as far over as it goes. How'd so. you snap it, bro? over my handlebars and my bicycle and i just landed on it and then did it go through skin no i i thought i was fine and i didn't i didn't go to the doctor because i figured they would just put me in a brace and say you know like ice it and let it heal you know what yeah and of course i broke the one bone that i guess there's no real blood flow to there's no like artery or vein that goes down to it so it just didn't really heal so then i had to do two surgeries to try and fix it and neither of those took um they did one with like a screw and then they did another with like pins and they brought tried to bring like blood flow down to it and it just never healed and so then they they took the bone out and then fused the other so they took this bone out 
and then fuse this side. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you just just brush that off like so, you know, like whatever. Like that, well, dude, just snap the fuck crazy. out of your wrist. <laughs> like, oh, and you're kind of casual about it. <laughs> I, yeah. You're telling me a story and I'm cringing. What's up? I said, you're telling me the story and I'm cringing. I'm like, oh, man. And you're kind of just shrugging yeah, it was, off. It was not a fun. And it was, a you know, because it was multiple surgeries and – we tried to get it to heal. It was just such a long ass process, you know. It'd be twelve, sixteen weeks in the cast just for them to say, "Oh, well, it didn't work," you know. So when they said it didn't take, what what did they mean? Like, what does like that I mean? I would go it... get X-rays every two weeks, hoping that the bone was healing, uh... and, and, it, and it just was never healing. And so that's why they tried to bring like blood flow down to it, and I had to get like a thing called a bone stimulator, and I had to do that every day, and. Uh, it was a mess. It was a goddamn mess. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, they fused your wrist together. Into fusing your wrist together, it doesn't sound like it was a picnic. No. Yeah. And so, I mean, <laughs> yeah. That doesn't so. sound great. So, no bow hunting for you then. It sounds like. Um, but, but I actually did because you because bow hunting is so much harder. You have such a, you know, more opportunity to go hunt per se. You know, it's mm. not as hard to draw a tag each year. But I could apply. I just applied to get my crossbow tag, which you can only get if you have a disability or a reason that you couldn't shoot a bow. So I got my yeah. doctor's note finally signed, and I just got the tag. Now I just gotta get a crossbow. So, um, are you gonna be? Where would you be doing your crossbow hunting? Are you gonna be doing? Can't, uh, probably in Arizona, resident here. So I, just because I could draw it, and you know, it would probably allow me to hunt. You know, every year because you can get over the counter tags. You know, what would for, you do? Like, what would you hunt with it? Um, depends. You can apply for different units, but here, elk, deer. You have elk in Arizona? Oh, yeah. Elk in Arizona. Elk is arguably the best elk hunting in the world. You're fucking kidding me. What yep, the shit? I didn't know Arizona had elk. Yeah. Yeah. Up. I mean, maybe an hour from an hour from here they start up north and then they go all the way up the rest of the state all the way to the eastern side of the state holy yeah, hell i did weird. not i didn't know their ranges were that long i thought they were pretty much like colorado like colorado and north i didn't know that they went yeah no they come all the way down and and you know like i was saying they are they're arguably the best and biggest elk in the world you know antler growth wise and size wise that even blows my mind even more that they're even bigger yeah. than I figured they'd be even bigger up north. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. I didn't know that either until I moved here and I finally started getting into it. And and you know now I I follow all the guides and stuff their pages and I'll see the bulls that they're killing and it, elk and you know mule deer they're you know deer too. So what's so uh, prestigious about mule deer? Like why is it like I I've heard uh you know from some of the reading that I've been doing on hunting is like that they're super beloved to hunt. What, like what's the whole reasoning for mule deer? I think it's just cause they're different. They're, you know, they're different. I mean, so like all the Midwest, you know, famous deer hunters are hunting whitetails, yeah. you know, and then, you know, out like in Arizona, we have whitetail and then we have, we have a small whitetail called a coos deer. It's like a very small, they're, you know and they have tiny antlers i actually yeah. think i saw them on meat eater to be honest yes they are yeah and they're down they go all the way down, down to mexico, mexico right yeah. yeah 
Yeah. Um, and they're super small animals compared to like the Midwestern and, you know, deer on the East. They heard they're really, they're really sk- like even more skittish than most of them too. Yeah. They're, they're, they're called the gray ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, but then, but then we have mule deer too, and they're just a way bigger and wider, I guess you could call them. Are they bigger um, than whitetail or whitetail bigger? Uh, it depends. I mean, they, mule deer are definitely big. The, the whitetail in Arizona are about half the size, not half the size, but they're a lot smaller than the, the mule deer. But, you know, you can get some massive whitetail over in the Midwest. Like, huge, I've heard, you know. I've, you uh, know. Or I've seen is, I'm going to keep bringing up my man crush, but Steve Ranella, he's like the only person I can really fall back on. But yeah. uh, he had a documentary on it too, where they had this, dude in oklahoma who just had a shit ton of acreage and he showed like they were killing all the bucks and then like it was all about conservation and like so they could get these big bucks and he was like all right well you know if it has to have a certain they started putting he started putting his own rules into it long story short one of the bucks that he killed was fucking huge it was fucking huge dude and when you think about it they're you know sitting on food plots or like you know cornfield or something like that or you know and they're just yeah. eating like things just get getting huge you know yeah. people will put out specific deer feed and you know plots of land that are specifically developed to grow big deer and i think in the midwest too at least because i know that kansas has a lot of particularly good white-tailed deer hunting and stuff like that in Oklahoma, I can't imagine they have really any natural predators there too, because wolves don't go that that far yeah, south. You can have coyotes, but you yeah. know, at that point, you know, coyotes are a small dog, and you could have a couple hundred pound white tail. You know, exactly. They, Be fine. I mean, they could, you know, a couple of them take it down. I mean, I'm sure you take them down here and there. I mean, look at you know, look at wolves taking down big ass you know buffalo or whatever you want to look at. Yeah, that's true. Or, or an elk. No, that's a fair yeah. comparison. Yeah. You know, so it's it, it's definitely done. They got to eat, you know, they're, you know, but, and, you know, the does or the fawns or whatever, that's, you know, and that's what they're known for. Coyotes are fawn and doe killers. You know? Yeah. So that surprised me. You're not going to get much, you know, you're not going to have them further along. So. Yeah. I imagine the, the fawns are going to be, those are going to be uh, some prime, prime meals. Uh, I just, I figured like a buck, yeah, after a buck gets to a certain size, they probably don't have a lot of natural predators, so they probably just continue to fucking grow in those areas too. Yeah, yeah, and the only, the only, the only thing that gets them is, you know, when, when the bucks get bigger, they tend to hang out by themselves more. Mm-hmm. So they get, uh, that's true. when they're singled out because they're by themselves, you know, whereas, you know, the doe will stay in, you know, groups of a few and they're, you know, the fawns yeah. will stay with the fawns, you know, so. I think I heard Cameron Haynes talking about that same thing with like elk. He was like, you know, the only danger is the big elks. They don't have like a whole lot of natural predators, but when they do, they get older, they go out on their own. They don't stay with people. So it's like, they are the ones that are hunted by wolves and shit like that. It's like, you're more than likely going to run in with a wolf or a grizzly bear when hunting an elk, like buck on its own. Um, Damn. That's kind of, that's kind of insane. What kind of blows me away. So like when you're starting hunting, like, day just opened you're getting out of your tent or whatever i mean it kind of blows me away that like if you're on the land like i don't know my first question is somebody who's never been hunting is like okay so what the fuck do you do you just like start walking like what or what's your game plan i mean before i like 
you know, when my dad grew up hunting, they'd go and get to topography maps, you know, and they'd pick out ridges or valleys or, you know, you know, places they would want to go the night before, the week before, the months before, you know, they're planned out and they go hit those areas. I mean, now we have, uh, have an app called Onyx and it's basically an app on your phone that you know, has the topography map and it tracks, you know, where you walk, you can mark all the destinations. That's helpful. You know, it'll show you like the water holes and all that. So, you know, like in Arizona this year, we had the driest year ever. So a lot of people, I'd say most people this year shot their animal over water because, you know, in a desert here, we have a lot of man-made water catchments for the animals. And a lot of them, you know, dried out. So there was very few kind of places. That to, yeah. Be, you know? yeah. Yeah. Process of elimination yeah. sort of thing. Right. And, you know, different areas like Colorado, you know, the animals are in the in different elevations depending on weather too, you know, so it's all planning and choosing and knowledge and a game, more or less, you know, yeah. that's the fun of it, it's a game. That, that's where I was kind of like, kind of, I don't know, it was weird to me because I was like, man, I feel like I'd get there and I would be almost like, now what? Because you're just like, there's so right. much you can possibly do. I feel like I would have like a sensory overload of too many options and i'd be like i kind of crippled here i don't even know if i well, that's another thing you know you see animals driving on the side of the road and you're like oh it can't be that hard and then you go out hunting and and you go multiple days you know i'm, I'm, I'm the first deer hunt i went on with my buddy down in southern arizona um we went the first three three days and didn't see one animal and then on the last day we finally saw one we shot that, yeah. that, three days what, nothing, we were so discouraged we we're like what the hell like <laughs> but that's why what you said is kind of really sticks out to people like me and other um people who've never been hunting is like yeah i mean being in rockland i've seen deer every day of my life and so you're right. like right next to the road or yeah whatever. i'm like i don't even need a gun i feel like at this point i could just strangle one they're so close right. and then it's like you go out in the woods totally different animal somebody who's yeah. not who's totally desensitized to humans and so they're just like everything's a predator right yeah i, I mean changes it's amazing how just that little little snippet can change the whole animal yeah yeah because yeah, you know the deer in rockland they're not even scared of cars you know they're yeah, sitting they're hit all the, the time road. yeah they're Damn. in your backyard eating your trash or whatever you know so have you gone elk hunting before? Uh, no, I'm waiting to draw a tag. I've been, this will be my fifth year in Arizona. I've put in for a tag and I've yet to draw oh, one. Was it a lottery? Yeah. And so that's why I'm trying to get into, you know, archery because you have a lot better chance. You put in and it's kind of like, put in for different units and different units that are more popular. Obviously you have less odds. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there's some units that people will wait 30 years to hunt just because they're famous, you know, and like I was saying, some of the best elk hunting in the world. But, you know, other units you could realistically hunt every couple of years. And with archery, your chance is almost double, if not more, so, of drawing a tag because it's such a harder hunt. You know, with a rifle, you, there's people that can shoot up a thousand yards. Yeah. You yeah. Know? So you could shoot from one canyon to the next. No, you know, archery going to be within 75 yards. That's do they have like longer hunting seasons too for archery because it's so much harder or is this time frame? Uh, there's, there's more seasons and there's just more opportunity, you know, so it's, it'll be a, a week out of the, 
month and then the next week you know the rifle hunt will be on or you know two weeks later you know and then the, you know another week there'll be a youth hunt only and then That's you know funny. yeah and then you know and then there'll be a, a late hunt too so but archery then you can get also over-the-counter tags and you know areas that are extremely hard to hunt just because there's less animals and you know then you could hunt with a tag you draw and over the counter so you just go to the store and buy a tag and then you're good to go so with um the hunting in uh shoot what was i to say the hunting in arizona for elk you said there was a lot or is it that way in every other state do you know of or in colorado yeah. is yeah. it Damn. so in arizona there's you know you put in for a tag and you know every state for the most part elk hunting you put in and it's like a lottery and in other states like colorado it's a hell of a lot easier to draw an elk tag okay. i could probably in colorado every year yeah and my dad had an elk tag this year we just didn't see any elk yeah um, just because they're like we were talking they're so much more skittish they're deep miles you know as soon as there's people around there, a couple miles in you know um so it's just you know but there's so many more elk population wise in colorado that you have a lot more opportunity where uh i guess not where um so is elk hunting going to be your next big like your next big venture you think or yeah i'm just waiting man i want to i've been when waiting for, uh so, so every year you put in and you know i forget when draw results come out but it's the hunts are in october is the end of september beginning of october is when they they start and then they you know depending on the season rifle archery youth you know they basically yeah, yeah. go through october and then the late hunt is um starting basically now what are the and i would say odds but like um yeah i guess what are the yeah, odds or like how's it so done look, like when you're putting in on and i pay for this this subscription called go hunt and it basically breaks down the state you're putting in by unit and then each unit will break down like your draw odds like the opportunity you have to draw and so like each year i don't draw you get a bonus point which is like another raffle ticket in or another entry for next season you know what i mean so now i have five extra entries that's what i'm saying guys will wait 30 years and then they get 30 fucking entries and they finally pull the tag damn um, you know, so your odds will increase every year you don't hunt, but you know, like a first year in the best unit, if I had never, if I didn't have any points, I'd have like a 0.01% chance. So point point one percent chance in, in Arizona, you were saying. Yeah. And that's a, like the best of the best unit never putting in before. Like if you as an out of state person put in that for next season, you'd yeah. probably in the best unit you'd have, Point zero because you know those units they'll put out five total tags for the whole year yeah. you know just because they're premium you know and they want the animals to get big so if and, you got the tag this say next year next year you got your elk tag would yeah. what are the odds of you getting an elk tag again the following year or is it once you get a tag you get once one you get your tag you start over on points oh, so shit. once you draw it so say you wait those 30 years you draw your tag you better as hell hope you shoot that biggest monster you've ever seen because you're going to be waiting another 30 years unless you draw that 0.01% chance. That fucking sucks. You know, but then there's there's other units that, you know, you could do archery or some with rifle or if you want to do like a cow hunt, you could do draws that are 100% draws. 
And that's what we do in Colorado. So I have a hundred percent chance of hunting every year in Colorado. It's just my odds to shoot something are a lot less because there's that many more tag. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Man. So you could arguably not be an elk hunter every year. Like you have to like, Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why you get, you know, like people like Steve Renault and stuff. He puts in for, damn near every animal in every state because he's got to put on a TV show where, you know, he's got yeah. a bunch of, so, you know, if he was just hunting one state and that's where, you know, he'll go to Mexico and do the coos deer hunt because those yeah. are just, paying, you know, yeah, what that's I mean? just paying the right people. Right. Yeah. And, and getting your guns <laughs> down there. Yeah. Yeah. And they want it by big private ranches down there. So it's, you know, it's, you're not putting into the government for a tag or whatever. It's like Texas, yeah. you go to Texas and hunt deer. Yeah. You just got to pay the right people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in Texas, they have those weird deer too that are, um, I can't remember what they're called. I think like kudos or kudos or something like that, but they're like, Texas is like an African safari. You can go hunt damn near any animal in Texas. Now, what are your thoughts on all the big game, like trophy hunters, like the people who go to Africa and pay for all those, those things and like get those, those, uh, excursions where they're killing like endangered. I don't want to say they're definitely killing endangered animals too, but yeah, I don't uh, like the whole, like, you know, like the lion or jaguar, any other, or elephant, uh, you know, like water buffalo or like, you know, like any of those antelope species that there's literally bajillions of them. Yeah. I think that would be cool, but you know, this time in my life, that's an expensive trip. Yeah, that's a that's a hefty fine right there. To and, the, to you know, and then you're in a different com- country, so you're donating the meat and you're just bringing back the antlers. And, you know, and then taxidermy's a couple grand, shipping's a grand to get it back from Africa or wherever the hell you went. You know, it's just yeah, not yeah, that's... cheap. I mean, that that was the thing that blew me away is how much people will pay to go kill an animal. You know, like, in, like here, people will go pay forty thousand dollars for a guide after they draw that premium tag. Just, it's forty thousand dollars for a fucking guide no not the tag but yeah for like the best of the best premium guide 40 or to go up on the indian reservation which is, is san carlos indian reservation in arizona which is like the best elk hunting paying 40 40 50 grand i wanted to drop off my deer i shot last year at the to get like just the skull done and um the guy was doing this big ass elk and i was like holy shit that thing's huge and he goes yeah but the guy you know, was trying to shoot one that was like a couple inches bigger in terms of its like antler growth yeah. and like the trophy, it's the Boone and Crockett club, uh, which is like, you know, your, yeah, yeah. you know, whatever. And he goes, yeah, the guy paid $40,000 to go hunt up there twice. And he was like three inches short. So, and he, yeah, I was like, man, so he just put a hundred grand into an elk, two elk hunts that he didn't even get what he wanted. <laughs> Nuts. I, yeah, I hope he, I'm kind of speechless because I'm like, the first two things that came to my head is I hope he got a loan and I hope he they did it on credit because if to shovel out 40k right off the bat both times, 100k well, of cash guar- laying no, around is none of that's a guarantee. So he didn't get his money back. Taking paying a guide gives you the op- a better opportunity. Uh, now, they not all guides are that much, right? Like, what is it? Yeah, not all guides are that much. If you want to do to like a public, public hunting lands, they do guides too, or like businesses yep. are allowed yep. to operate there sort of thing. How does that work? Or is it like government guides? Or? Yeah, it's, it's guys and they just know the lay of the land. They're taking you and they just, you know, they're out there in the mountains all year long scouting and putting up 
cameras and, you know, they name all the bulls, you yeah. know, because they'll watch them every year grow and grow and grow. And then, you know, each year they'll put, you know, 10 of the biggest ones on their hit list and say, all right, these are what we're going to take our, you know, clients to. Damn, so these and guys just, really know, make a lot of fucking money. You know the land. Yeah. yeah. So these guys really must, they actually must do pretty well financially then. Or is it I mean, like a top end thing? Like the top end ones yeah, are making look, good money. The best guy, you know, like the biggest one in Arizona that I've seen, you can look him up. It's a cool. You can see the Arizona elk. It's called A3 Trophy Hunts. A3. Uh, yeah, A3. And they're, that's like a group of guys that'll do it. So I'm sure, I'm sure they bring in good money. But, you know, an individual guy himself is not bringing in that much money. You know, he's got – because the seasons are so short, you know, you could only bring one that's or true. two guys if you're lucky, you know. So you better yeah, hope you're making 10-plus grand because you're putting in weeks and months and all year to plan for that for them, you know. So what are right now the two things, or not two things, but what are the uh, hunting that you're kind of, I guess, what was your first hunt that you started out on would be the first one? Was it deer or was it turkey? Because I've heard turkey is a good starting hunt for a lot of people. Uh, I think the first hunt, the first thing I started hunting was like dove hunting. Um, How do you do that? With a BB gun? Not like a shotgun, you know, and you're, yeah, and it's just smaller pellets so it's you know they have damn near 100 bbs coming out of the shell it's, you know um but that i mean that's fun and they're super fast and they're really good they're you know good uh, eating or you mean good to hunt yeah, good. no both. both you've eaten dove too yeah what is it what is that how many motherfuckers you gotta eat of those to get full like five or six of those fuckers oh, i mean the most the, usually the way we make them is you just breast them out and they're like little you know bite-sized pieces and we'll just you know make like bacon wrapped jalapeno poppers that's the famous way to make dove and it actually you put does sound really fucking delicious i won't lie top. yeah they're amazing that does uh, sound really good actually uh you had me at jalapeno poppers and then you had a little meat yeah. in there yeah that'll get you right that'll bacon you wrapped right. you can't go yeah. wrong nothing anything bacon wrapped is already an additional plus <laughs> and then yeah. you add it are you putting cream cheese on it too because it's like a jalapeno yep. popper Cream cheese, piece of dove on top, wrap the bacon around. Yeah, that'll get you right. I, that's what I, w- I will say, too, is some of these meals that on Meat Eater that I was watching when he was cooking, I was like, man, he's actually a fucking baller. And yeah. he's actually doing some pretty good fucking meals with them in the mountains, no less. I mean, he definitely has a massive crew. He's, so impre- he's pretty impressive, huh? Bro, he, he's got his shit right, man. I, he's, got, he, he's got a lot of knowledge, I'll tell you that. Like, holy I, shit, how do you know that? Yeah, no, you you nailed it on the head too with the knowledge thing because I was sitting there, like I was sitting here and I was like, man, I feel like I should be taking notes when I was watching his show. I was like, he was taking, he was just telling so many things and it was only the, like I feel like I had the basics of hunting just from watching his show. Like he yeah. kind of went over a lot of stuff. Like, well, that's why it's some of the you know one of the most popular shows is because it's very informative. You can learn yeah. you learn a lot of shit, and you're not just watching somebody trance around the mountains and then kill something. Yeah. You're watching end to end process. Yeah, and um, so like I didn't know, I like for it's like a great example was he was talking about the winds and like where it happens, and it was like in the morning he's like it's always kind of better to be on the ridge because the way the cooling and the way that air works coming off the mountains is like in the morning when it's colder it's going to be coming downhill and then when it's warmer it's going uphill 
Um, so he was explaining that to people, like with your basic tracking of like an animal or you're trying to like, if you're trying to get something where you would want to be in position wise. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he was kind of what taught me too about the, the running into the thickets. Like he's like, yeah, once something makes it into the thickets, like you're just SOL. (laughs) He's like, you're not going to be able to track that fucker again. Um, yeah, I mean, he's really gotten me into hunting, which I, I got a huge heart on for hunting because of him. Like he was you're got moving me. to the best place to go do it that's what i've heard is texas is like i've heard texas is a top 10 state kind of like to go hunting in um i've heard a lot of uh so much variety you know and especially for you like that would be cool you know if you wanted to get into you know trying to eat game meat or whatever you can go you know buy it or there's a lot of places in texas you just go pay to go shoot the animal and then you know you drop it off of the butcher and they'll you know pack it all up and then boom you got a whole you know, streamlined there too. I feel like they all got businesses for it. So it's like, you don't have to do it on your own. You just got, you can get people to do it for you probably for cheap too. Um, which is great. Um, so right now if you're doing, I know you're obviously putting in for the elk tag. Uh, that sounds like that's your, your, your next big one. Um, what other hunting are you kind of like more notoriously doing all the time? Um, I mean, I'm really starting to put in for basically everything just because it's so fun and it's all different, you know. So, like, in Arizona, we have javelina, which are, like, I call them little stink pigs, you know. They're, like, miniature little, look like tiny little pigs, and they got a, but they got a little scent gland on them, and they smell like shit. But they're fun because they're, you know, they're dim, they're, their eyesight's poor, but their smell is good. <laughs> their, their smell is very good, so it's kind of fun to try and, you know, track them a little bit Stock up on them you know yeah. get as close as you can but other than that i got i have a turkey tag so I, which i haven't done in arizona so that'll be something new this year so i have a turkey and then waiting on to see you know next season to put in for elk and deer so, so outside or outside the elk in arizona what's like the best uh, or most popular hunting is it duck hunting uh no so i mean with such little water in Arizona, I'd say that's probably the least popular. Okay. If you compare it to other states, you know, other states are huge in duck hunting, like especially California by us. You know, all the rice fields is down if you take, you know. Yeah, you, that reminds me. One of the best me. in the world. Yeah, yeah. Duck hunting I, world. I've heard that the, yeah. uh, my dad was telling me he, he knew hunting a person who was saying, like what you said, all the rice paddies in California. Yeah. You said it earlier when you were, talking about like the farmers when they would flood their fields and when they were coming in is in California, they do that with the rice paddies and the yep. duck. He's like, people would. What highway is that? I know you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you would just see thousands of them. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I think it's 80. I think it's 80 yeah. West. Um, like yeah. going out towards yeah. David's. Yeah. Yeah. And he was saying that like the hunters, when they come back and they get their ducks and like their, uh, what I'm thinking, I can't, cleaning them out essentially but they oh, would yeah, like yeah. yeah and their gullets would just be full of rice he's like when they would yeah. bag them is that kind of like how it is when out in arizona like we're not obviously um, rice but yeah, like a lot of times we hunt the rivers you know and uh, are they just like mossy kind of full stomachs like grass shit they're eating uh, just, just different you know it's just not all one thing yeah. you know but if you're you know you get them out of you know cornfield not cornfield but you know a grain field or something you know yeah they'll be full of grain yeah you know but it, you know, it just varies but all right so skinning an animal 
how much all right so this is the area i won't lie of hunting that is definitely got me kind of like a, a little eh you know i'm i'm good yeah, i could like, i could pass I on this it. like one does it stink i imagine because they're not rotting as much so i imagine it doesn't smell like putrid where it's like you know we can come up on a rotting corpse it's like right no it's not putrid but it i mean it it, doesn't smell great smell like nothing you know you're opening something up yeah that's what i'm gonna say the bigger the animal ducks you ducks aren't bad i mean they kind of just smell like like water or oil yeah yeah bring your dog home from you know the lake and then let it sit for an hour and you know you smell like wet dog yeah you know wet duck but deer like the deer i shot last year two years ago in colorado um it was, they just eat so much sage and so as soon as you you get you know just the deer itself stinks it's a wild animal that you know oh, sage smells i mean i don't i don't know well, it's, well. Packed, it's just packed you know all it was eating was sage so the you know the deer just smelled like sage you know, you open it up all it's fat sage but um yeah they stink and especially elk like if you get in you know you don't even have to be around it but if you're in the vicinity of where one's been or you're close to them they they fucking stink yeah you know yeah. And especially i heard in the rut i heard they really smell when it's yeah they stink but um i mean skinning it and gutting it is it's not bad i mean there's different ways to do it especially on a big animal Skinning's not bad because you're not you know i when i before i had ever done it, i was like holy shit this is gonna be the bloodiest thing in my life you know but yeah. you're really not cut through <laughs> a bunch of arteries and shit you know so it's, yeah yeah when you're it's kind of more in one area insides, yeah. like that's kind of gross but there's other ways around it you know people will do the gutless method and they'll just take off you know their back legs front legs and then you know the back straps they're just yeah. like, you know, the most sought after part um, and then leave the corpse so you kind of just leave it all out there if you know you do it all out there for the most part and then you pack it out yeah, and that's the part I won't lie that that's probably the biggest thing I'm a pussy about with uh, hunting is getting my hands dirty on that. Literally in the in the literal sense of like, because I, when you're skinning it, I'm like, don't you, don't you have to start pretty much? You get to cut into their asshole. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't you yeah. have to do that? Yeah, I imagine I'm like, yeah, your hands are not smelling great for the next couple of days after that. Um, yeah. But, you don't smell good, no. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it's not a pleasure. You're not coming home, honey. Let me touch your face. <laughs> yeah. It definitely was an eye-opening experience, but it, I mean, it's cool. I'm, I mean, you get to dissect them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're up in it. Like you're, you're literally up in that animal. Yeah, and you shot the animal. You know, you might as well get your hands dirty. Yeah. I, I, I'm totally understanding of it. I just like in my head, I'm like. I know me and I'm like, this is where my soft silver spoon hands would oh, come in. Oh, and be like, oh. The first time you see it, you're like, whoa, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. It, oh, so this is one I was actually wanted to ask you too. It was about deer and like elk and stuff like that. Ticks. Are they, like, I guess like when, so when you do kill one, like shit that's on it, like animals, like do ticks just like kind of like crawl off once it's dead or something? Cause they don't have like no more pumping blood. Like how does that kind of work? Um, I, I don't really, I don't really know. I've never really looked for ticks or seen them. I mean, I know there's. So they just mean, you don't even worry about them, right? I'm assuming they get off, but as soon as you, you know, you're skinning it right away. So you're not really, 
thinking about it. Yeah, and you're not, you know, I don't, I don't keep the hide. Yeah, you know, no, I don't. I wish just you hang it, and then you know it'll dry out and cool for the next while. Like, yeah, I was curious about that because, like, I always see to re- bring in the reference of the meat eater show again is like those guys they get up there and they're like they just killed a mule deer or something, and they're yeah. like rubbing their hands all through the fur and they're like they're yeah, playing just, with the deer and they're like talking about the deer and I'm like, I'm like these things live in the fucking brush, like uh, in the wild, that there's definitely had to have some sort of ticks. I mean, that's where I was also then considering is like, okay, so if it had a tick problem, would you ever have to worry about Lyme disease or does it not matter because you're cooking the meat? The the big worry with deer, which is, you know, used to be a thing and it's kind of regional and it's, you know, very watched after now is chronic wasting disease. What is that? Um, forget exactly what it is but it's it's a disease that they get and it's it's like i think it's similar to like mad cow disease where it just it, mm. it's not good for you i don't know it's meat spoiled sort of thing tested, yeah you can get the deers tested and stuff but you know they usually on top of it you know they find a case of it in a region and they'll they'll cut hunting for that region and you know go try and get it get rid of all those deer so that you know they get rid of this disease they'll have conservationists come in and like help it out sort of thing yeah yeah that's that the the skinning part is definitely going to be something that i would i'm gonna have to get over but i mean i feel like once once i'm in there you like you kind of aren't thinking about it anymore um and i imagine the smell is really not as bad as uh as it is yeah to give great like gross detail so i've been in a house that like after a body was in it like so there was a body that was this is gonna be opening up but um my grandfather had passed away and like they didn't find him for like four or five days and then so when we got called we had to go and clean out his house and his apartment and all that like obviously the body wasn't in there anymore but it had been that place smelled fucking awful it was terrible one of the worst so that's where i was kind of like my thinking of is like I imagine it's a little fresher meat, so it doesn't smell as no, bad. It's totally different. It's more yeah. of like a like a musky, like just dirty animal smell, and then like the smell of blood. Like if you've ever smelled a large like amount of blood, like, yeah, it just stinks. Blood yeah. has a, a strong smell to it. Yeah, and the organs and shit. You know, you open up its whole, you know, you cut out its whole diaphragm and digestive system. You got a pile. You know, it doesn't you know, smell good, but it doesn't smell like putrid death you yeah. know yeah man yeah that kind of I, I was also surprised too because what you had said too about the, the blood and not really being a big thing that's where i was also kind of curious about um you know obviously because you, you said you're not hitting any arteries or anything like that so it was kind of surprising yeah, I mean, that it wasn't you, i mean as, you are when you're getting through like the you know like say you're cutting off the hind leg i mean you're obviously going to cut through the bone that you know and all the you're going to hit an artery somewhere you know you're not going to avoid it but you know like skinning it you know their hide is so thick you're just kind of peeling it just kind of peels right back so unless you really make into it and once you start getting into the muscle and getting all the guts itself out then it's kind of bloody but i mean it's not it's not like you see in a movie when somebody dies and there's a goddamn 10 gallons of blood. You know? it's, <laughs> it's not like that. <laughs> not like that at all. All right. Yeah. So that's fair to expect then. Um, damn, man. 
I'm really, I'm really glad I'm having you on for this because this is something that's kind of getting my juices flowing now. Um, and now I realize that this is something that I really dead set want to do. Um, so when you and your hunting, does it, I mean, for caliber, like gun wise, like, is there specific regulations? Like are certain station not allowed to use like an AR 10 or does it all have to be bolt action? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I mean, unless you're, Bolt action rifles are notorious for hunting just because they're they're lighter, smaller, and they're you know you don't you you don't need a semi-automatic rifle for the most part. You know if you make a good shot, it should be one shot. Yeah. You know so, um, but you know then you go to Texas and you're hog hunting. Well, yeah, everybody's shooting AR platforms because they're shooting at multiple animals. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or a running animal or something. You know that's on the move. For the most part, when you're deer elk you know, for the most part, they're grazing or not moving, you know, mm-hmm. so it's for the most part one shot, but caliber wise, I mean, I don't think there's restrictions. It's just usually magazine size, like how many you can have in your magazine and then certain states you can't, I don't think you can do semi-automatic, but I hunt with a bolt action 300 wind mag, so. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask too, is there yeah, I was gonna say, is there like a, a preference on round? Because I feel like a two two three would be something that would be notorious. Um, but then you know, like I've seen people who want like three oh eight Winchesters and stuff like that. But I feel yeah, like after a certain really... size, it kind of ruins wood or not wood or it does, but would it more like I don't know ruin your kill? Like if you're using a three oh eight on a fucking yeah, I mean it, it definitely blows a big ass hole in them. You know, the, especially <laughs> the exit hole. But you know. For the most part, you know, like I was saying, a lot of people don't eat any of those vitals, like the heart or anything. So, you know, all your meat's coming from the back straps, which are on the, you know, on the, yeah. along the spine, and then the the legs. You know, so if you're hitting it in the ribs, there's not, especially on a deer, there's not a, lot a of crazy amount of meat on the ribs. You know, there's definitely mm-hmm. meat there that people, you know, you take, but you're not ruining it if you know if you take a good shot. Yeah, if you're mangling it. Okay. I was kind of curious about that. Most popular, I'd say, if you had to say one caliber of, you know, U.S. deer elk caliber, it'd be a 30 out six. So it's still a 30 caliber bullet. So 308, same, you know, just yeah, different. But so that's the kind of I never got as a as somebody who's kind of like a as a uh, officially a gun owner now. Um, but I would say is the three, like the difference between the 300, 308 and 306, like what is the, like, cause they're obviously a 300 yeah. si- series caliber, but is it just like, what's the difference yeah, between 308 and a 308? Size of the bullet and then how much, you know, gunpowder and how fast it's shooting, mm-hmm. you know? So like uh, 300 wind mag is, it is known for shooting extremely flat and fast, um, and then, you know, your I don't know the exact difference between your 30 out six and your 308, but you know, it's it's all you know relative size of bullet, weight of the bullet, um, and then you know, speed it shoots. So, so within between those three, they're all gonna be pretty similar, but just smaller variations, different. Yeah, just different, you know, variations on them. And you know, they none of they wouldn't fit in the same gun, you know, they're different yeah. things. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. You know, like you can't put, yeah, you can't put a three hundred eight in your three, in your three hundred. Yeah, um, yeah. That is kind of like, or for people who would, it'd be like me trying to put a forty five caliber handgun like into my nine. 
would be yeah, kind of like it that. wouldn't want it to blow up yeah exactly you know? exactly yeah. um probably wouldn't even fit in the mag to be honest <laughs> right. <laughs> like yeah. for my for my example at least yeah. um damn man well i'm really excited to try and get out there um what is it for in Arizona to like, is it harder to get, if I were to say, if I were to want to come to Arizona and do hunting with you, would it be harder for me being out of state to get like a deer license or? Uh, yeah. You have a little bit less, uh, not as good of odds. And then it, you, you would pay an out of state fee. So it'd be more expensive, but I mean, it's still doable. I mean, especially for the good of hunting it is out here, you know, people put in all across the world and, you know, you wait a few years if you're hunting public land. So, you know, could put it in here you could you know put it in a couple of different states how long did it take you to get your deer licensing or do you even have it uh no we haven't put in this year yet so it's coming up i forget when i gotta look it up but um shame on you i, I just got my tags for the javelina and the turkey so that'll be this spring i don't i didn't get a deer tag this year so i gotta wait till i heard turkey year. hunting is actually like very underrated hard because i've heard turkey are like they run too yeah, pretty fucking easily yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've heard it's extremely hard. I've just never, I've never turkey hunted, you know. Because it's not like tracking, like if, from, like you were talking about Steve Ranella being super informative. This is where I got yeah. this from, this whole thing from. It's right. like, he was saying that like for, especially for an animal, because it's not like you're tracking it like a deer or you're like going out and looking and kind of like trying to see, predict where they're going. It's like, you're kind of like ducks where you're setting up shit, hoping that they kind of come in. Yeah. But I've heard they fucking well, they're smart and they have good vision and they, you know, they, they roost, that's what they call it. They roost up in the trees. So in the mornings they'll come down out of the trees and you, you know, you better hope you're in the right spot, you know? So a lot of people will go and they'll roost them the night before. So they'll go see where they are or you'll, or you'll hear them in the morning. And then you try and get set up before light before they're coming out of the tree. And then you got to hope you're in the right spot. You know what I mean? So. How many successful hunts have you had? Um, three deer hunts and a lot of bird hunts. I mean, that's a little. I different imagine bird hunts are a little easier. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. can go all the time, and you, know, you definitely get your hard days. You got to have shitty days to have good ones. But how many goose eggs on your deer hunts? What are, what's your record on deer hunts? What are you three for what? Um. Don't. I don't want to jinx myself, but I'm three for three right now. So I'm due for a goose egg. So. <laughs> You're going to curse me. So now. One, one buddy's not, and then past two years I've shot one. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, I was surprised that you were able to shoot a doe. I thought that was kind of like uh, a big no, no is that it's like always bucks because they're the ones who can't like actually reproduce. I know they sell both tags and you know, there's that's the other thing. And it varies per year. How many tags they put out? Like I was saying, they kind of keep, keep, you know, keep it regulated and how many there are and whatnot out there. But um, no, you can definitely go doe hunting and especially like in the Midwest, my buddy's out there right now. He had, he got two doe tags and a buck tag. So what does uh, that mean? If you got two doe tags, he's only allowed to kill two, you can doe. Shoot two female deer and one male deer. So he can that's shoot weird. three total deer. That's weird that he had, uh, that's vice versa for him or not vice versa, but reverse. I thought it would be two and one for bucks. Yeah, you right. Yeah. But I mean, it all depends on the state where you're at, but for the most part there's more female deer than male deer. But yeah, I mean uh, so it was like all about the conservation speaking, numbers. That's a general term from, you know, there's a you know, that group of hunters out there, you know, they don't it's not ethical to shoot does or whatever. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that makes a lot but of sense. They're also said to be much better eating because they don't have testosterone. You know? That would that actually makes some sense, but I feel like then wouldn't it, I mean then probably the estrogen probably does something. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it said that it, meat, you know, low testosterone makes it a little, you know, a little better eating, and then a quick kill, so they don't have time to their adrenaline to dump. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you drop an animal or it runs for ten miles, that meat's going to be filled with adrenaline after it runs for ten miles. You know, shot. So that's what spoils the meat. Or I always I thought it was, it, but I mean, it's said to, you know, Oh, the best eating is like, you know, it's like beef, you veal, which is, I, you know, not my cup of tea, but you know, baby cow is technically yeah. your best meat, you know, but yeah, the females are said to taste a little better. So, cause I was, I was wondering about that. Cause, um, I've heard that like when you do, or like, what is the reasoning that the meat kind of like gets a little worse if it takes longer to die? Is it because of the adrenaline dump into the muscles? Yeah. yeah. What does it do? What- I forget what it does chemically to it, but I, I don't know. There's some science behind it, but it's said to me. I mean, I don't think I would know the difference personally trying it. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, people say, oh, you know, a cow, which is a female elk, would taste better than a big bull, you know, especially because you're hunting during the rut, too. So they're all screaming around filled with testosterone, you know, yeah. their muscles are rock hard versus a cow's got nice, soft, tender muscle. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that's very true. Damn. I'm, I'm excited to try and get out there. Um, what was for you, like, I guess, kind of like the first basic steps you did for when you were beginning, like to learn how to hunt, like, was there any tips that you could, I guess, could kind of get to people who are wanting to get into hunting? Like what would be the required first things they should get? What would be kind of like some first, I don't know, maybe read a book on Uh, something. Hunting license and your hunting safety. Yeah. And then just, you know, like you just knowledge reading, knowing the area knowing the tendencies and then knowing the, the regulations, you know, like we were talking with duck, there's so many, you know, species that, you know, you gotta have, you gotta know what you're doing or you could be in a world of shit. You know, you shoot the wrong bird. That's not legal to shoot. And you, you know, you fucked, yeah. the government can seize everything in your possession, including your car, a car, gun, clothes, if they want, you know, they, they can take whatever they want. And, you know, certain birds will carry twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 fines, depending on what state and what kind. Jesus Christ. You know, so you can get real screwed really quick if you don't know what you're doing. So, and then what would you say for like, I guess, getting for people who've never been out. And I say, and I don't say this lightly because people really don't understand, but when you're out hunting, like you're, you're in the wilderness. And I, again, like the initial reaction for people is like, yeah, duh. It's like, no, no, no. Like you were in the fucking, like you're in it. Like you were in the wilderness. You break your ankle up, you know, two miles in and right. you don't have fun. So you're fucked. Yeah. And you know, so like you are, what would you say for you? Like, is there like a, a, I guess stuff to read that you would get people familiar with being like in the outdoors? Because I feel like that's the big thing for people. Is there people who are like us nine to five jobs, but they've never right. been, like, I don't know, what, is there something that would be, you would recommend people get familiar with on how to learn how to be in the outdoors, or is it just got to learn by doing? Um, I mean, there's definitely, you know, like, 
and there's definitely things you can read on and see and you know i'd say it's all prep preparation you know what i mean having a little med kit hat make sure you have water don't be an idiot have your water you know have water and you know know where you are you know learn the lay of the land don't just start don't just hike into the mountain this way because it looks good you know you better know how to get back to camp or back to your car (laughs) you know and then like a lot of the guys that are way deep in there they'll carry like uh it's called a, an interreach, a little well no like a little gps thing satellite thing yeah. that you can send like emergency sos signals out to and it's got your gps coordinates uh, or whatever. so if you're really screwed but you know for you know like you're saying you and me who would think to go spend three four hundred dollars on one of those yeah. help kits but you know you're like i said you break your mind you break your leg or your ankle a couple miles in and you have no phone no water no blanket to stay the night you're yeah. you better hope you can call somebody yeah yeah so now how long are your deer hunts like are you camping out for three or four days or how long are you normally kind um, of- yeah, I mean, they're usually like a week uh it's usually like a seven to ten day period that they're open so you know you're you want to be out there as long as you can you know and you want to give yourself the best best opportunity you can so the longer you're out there the better so if you have a deer t- say say you got a deer tag you only get that one for the season, correct? So you get one deer for the whole season you could take, if that was the limits on the on a tag. Yeah, correct? depending on the state, but yeah, you would get yeah. your tag and that's it, you know? So you get your tag. Now, so say you go out hunting for seven to 10 days and you don't get anything. Can you go back out and once, until you fill that tag or do you only get one trip? The season's too? over. So like, like our season this year was uh, October 24th through November 2nd. So that's the time frame I had to shoot a deer. After that time period or before that time period, I, you're screwed. You're done. Damn. So the, on the tags, they tell you, or was that just part of the regulations, like where they say, uh, hey, so deer season? For, you put in for certain time periods, certain areas. And, yeah. You, know, you just know that going in. Damn, so it's like a menu, essentially, when you're, when you're filling out yeah. your tag. You're like, I want to hunt here, and I want one buck tag or whatever. Right. And then, and then that's the lottery you're putting in for, you know, so there's a hundred, you know, 35 different units or something in the state. And there's, okay, you know, dude. a lottery for unit in a sense. I, I'm going to be honest. This might be the one branch of government that has actually got their shit figured out because for hunting, man, it, it see like, this is not like, I thought it would be a lot broader where I thought it would be like, Hey, yeah. you get a lottery, you select it. And then like, you know, hunting seasons from October to January, you have three months to go fill your tag and like kind of just, and you can go in any public land. I didn't know it was that specific too, man. They yeah. got their shit on I mean, lock over there. Make money off it, you know, and fund it, you know, that's where it's funny too. Cause you know, you got all the anti hunters saying, Oh, you guys are out there killing all the animals. It's like, yeah, we're paying for them to, to live and have, you know, like the water yeah. tanks that the government's putting out and all the out of state people that are paying a thousand dollars to come maybe shoot an elk. You know, yeah. think how many people, you know, they're getting, you know, that's the revenue for the wildlife and the state parks and the rangers and, you know, the lakes and, you know, yeah. to just even fishing, you know, to stock the fish, you know, that's what your fishing license pays for. And, you know, without hunters, you're not going to have any animals left because we're also the ones we want to protect them so that we can shoot the big one. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And which they say is like such a f- ridiculous thinking, but it's like, it's honestly, it's like, why, why wouldn't you think that way though? Because it's, it's a 
win-win for everybody. You're, you're making right. the population great. You're making the population not only good and, and, and my argument is, is hunters love the animals more than, than anybody Vegan else. Would, probably. The, I mean, they, okay. Yeah. Somebody who's anti-hunting might be feel bad because it gets shot, but Right. You look at how many hours and days and months these people and money these people are putting in to go find a bigger one, yeah, you know, or do this. You know, they you love a deer when you're willing to put it up on your wall as yeah. a big, you know, or eat it all, you know. And, and to your point too, though, is in it, the the proof in what you said is that hunters, in my opinion, like animals more, love animals more, is because they how you get that big one is like what you said earlier you got to pass on a lot of them like you gotta you also want to be able to go and put limits hunters would be more likely to put limits on an animal than a vegan would because a hunter is gonna be like no no no, let's not kill anything less than this because why would a hunter want a two point a two point buck you know what i mean like they want the big like reintroductions of of wolves that's that's a a huge one i've heard huge argument you know because it's you know you look at places that have had the reintroduction of them and hunting and this and that another and you know populations of elk and deer have just plummeted you know there's nothing left but you have a shit ton of wolves but you know where's the middle ground you know, you gotta have. What are you gonna do? Get rid of all the elk and deer, and then just have a shit ton of wolves, and then you know, and then look what happens. Look what happened fifty years ago. The government went out and killed them all. Yeah, I've heard and, then too is that with wolves is, um, the need is if they hunters wouldn't care if wolves were introduced to the area as long as they were also simultaneously allowed to control the wolf population. Yeah, exactly. Would that, you, would that be something that would be like? Well, know, that's you... The thing, you know, like the people in Colorado are fighting for and that just passed that they can, you know, that law or whatever this election, you know, reintroduction of them. I knew they but, got re- wolves reintroduced in Colorado, but what, so what passed specifically? You can't hunt them. Passed. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, so now you're just introducing a apex predator into a world that it's just going to be protected and destroy fucking everything else. So you know, and that's arguments so of middle ground, you know, how does the government control that? Well, I guess so the argument would be for animal lovers, I'll play devil advocate is that you, the reason they're reintroducing wolves is to negate hunting from people is, well, the, their argument would be like, well, because we're such bad people, but look at the, have you ever watched a uh, pack of wolves take down an elk and they it's eat not, it from its ass end forward. I mean, yeah, yeah, alive too. It's not. It's yeah. it, it's probably there for. It's probably alive for the first five minutes of its mauling. I would imagine. Um, oh, I'm sure a lot longer than that. You know. I think but. if you ask the deer if it how it would want to die from a bullet or a wolf, I think it's taking that bullet eleven out of ten times. I mean, how would you want to die, a bullet or a <laughs> yeah, wolf? <laughs> I want my stomach turned it inside. Out. I, I agree. I, I mean, well, I, I'm just saying is like from their argument which I, I mean, I, I clearly don't agree with, but the argument is, well, we're reintroducing wolves because we just don't want you to hunt because now we have the natural hunters who are going to naturally keep the deer population right. down. So we right. now there's no need for you guys. That's our whole argument is just to get it out. Right. Now, what I would say to that is to what you said, I'd be like, yeah, I think if you ask the deer, how, how does it want to go potentially dying quickly from a bullet? And I say potentially, cause not all hunts are almost yeah. most hunts are probably not successful or mauled to death by 
a, a wolf in front of its family. Like, what would you prefer? I, yeah. I agree. I think that's a very fair argument too. Um, yeah. Well, hey man, I I know we got. I would love to keep talking or uh, get you on another another episode. I know you just got a lot of shit to do. It's Monday for you. Yeah, this is fun. I'm, I'm glad we got to hop on here. It was a good time. All right. Well, hey man, have fun, and uh, I'll stay in touch with you, and we'll we'll get this going again. Yep. Sounds good, man. Have a good one. All right. Take it easy, man.